Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Junction 28 Church. We're so glad that you've decided to join us today and know that God wants to bless you with this message. We'd love to hear about it, so why not tell us on our Facebook or Twitter pages? If you would like further information about who we are, check out our website www.thejunction28church.com. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm going to take. I'm going to talk this morning um, about worship, and I've entitled what I want to talk about is worship the gateway of praise. Worship the gateway of praise. Worship, friends, opens the gate to praise and to the presence of God. Jesus, Jesus was led. He allowed himself to be led after he was baptized into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And uh, there's a scripture there that I want to share with you um, right at the beginning here. And that scripture is this, that when he was when he had been led and after that 40 days and 40 nights, the devil came to him and the devil had said to him, look, I want, if you will, he showed him, he showed Jesus all, all the lands and he said, look, you know, I will give you all of this. I'll give you all of this if you will only fall down and worship me. I want to say that the devil is still sending that message into people's lives. If you will fall down and worship me, you can have what you want. But friends, the devil is a liar. And, 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 Jesus, and the devil comes to, see, to, to steal and to kill and destroy. And Jesus said this. He said... <coughs> He said, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. You will worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 10. And I want to say, friends, right from the beginning, we will serve what we worship or who we worship just think about that for a minute you will serve who or what you worship this morning I want to reinforce this that Jesus is a good Lord whatever you might have heard about church or religion or whatever whatever experiences you might have had um, in church life or what I want to reinforce this morning that Jesus is a good Lord his burden is not heavy his burden is not heavy he is not a bad taskmaster we need to grasp that friends he is our savior his burden is light and his commands the Bible tells us his commands are not hard they're not grievous his commands are not grievous <coughs> beloved church as Christians we are free hallelujah we are free 
Worship, worship brings freedom. Who we, who we worship will serve. Who we worship will serve. I want you to hold on to that this morning. I want to say this morning that worship, great to have the folks here worshipping, isn't it? Someone quite rightly this, this week posted how God is just coming more and more into our time of worship. But I want to say, friends, this morning, worship is not confined to a period of time at the beginning of our service. It's not confined to any particular day. Our worship is not confined to when these folks are up here or when we leave this church. Our worship, friends, it isn't the responsibility of this worship team. Thank God for them. Thank God for the giftings uh, that are upon their lives. Thank God for the gift and for the giving that they, they provide for us. This morning I want to say that worship is a life choice. It's a choice that you make. It's a choice that you determine. It's a decision. It's a decision as to who or what you will bow down to because worship actually means to bow down. That is the decision. And A.W. Tozer wrote this. He says, we have exactly as much of God as we really want. All this. Quite rightly, Rosemary said this morning, God wants us to go deeper. I tell you, friends, there are depths. There are depths through worship and praise that we haven't touched, but we're going to touch. Or some of you are going to touch. The only limitation is, is the limitation that we may uh, place upon God. And this morning as we look at our worship is the gateway of praise. It, it's the gateway of praise because it opens a way for an expression that is glorifying to God. Real worship and praise glorify God. They don't exalt the people at the front. They don't, they, they don't exalt any individual amongst us. Praise, real worship and praise exalts the Almighty. Real praise and worship lifts Him and not ourselves. Hallelujah. It places, it places us in a situation where we praise Him and we worship Him because we are souls that have been set free. Praise is a manifestation of life and a life that is in love with their Saviour. And just as sure as the, the first cry of a baby is a revelation of the life that has come to that babe, then our praise and our worship, friends, is an expression of the life that Jesus has planted within us. Hallelujah. The Bible says, you, that's you this morning, if you're a member of the church. I don't mean a member of this church. I mean a member of this church. If you're a part of his body, the body of Christ, you, the scripture says, as he quickened, hallelujah, brought to life. And friends, you can't just bottle that up without any sense 
of expression. And God has, God has placed an expression within us that is even of praise to our God. I love what Matt Redman, the songwriter, says. He says, we breathe in the presence of God. We breathe out praise. So I'm going to, I've got three, I've got three um, subheadings for the message this morning. And I want to see, first of all, the place of praise. The place of praise. Just excuse me. God doesn't do things accidentally. You're not here by just coincidence this morning. God doesn't, you know, God is never lost for what to do in any given situation. He has visions and plans and purposes and he builds into those visions designs that are meaningful. So when he was arranging the development and the building of a place where he would meet with the children of Israel, the tabernacle or the tent or the place of meeting in the wilderness, he was specific down to the last detail. Numbers, I'm going to just read from you from Numbers. Numbers chapter 2 and verse 1, uh, verse 1 to 3. says, The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Every one of the children of Israel shall camp by his own standard beside the emblems of his father's house. They shall camp some distance from the tabernacle of meeting. On the east side towards the rising of the sun, those of the standard of the forces with Judah. And just as a side issue, the standard or the flag, it had a lion on it. Lion of the tribe of Judah. That's what we've heard, haven't we? Those of the standard of the forces with Judah shall camp according to their armies. I'm going to stop it there. Judah is significant. Wasn't, like I've just said, it wasn't just accident. It wasn't just a coincidence that God placed Judah right there facing the tent of meeting. God didn't just sort of, God didn't just shuffle a few cards and decide who was going to go where. Friends, it was all in his purpose. There was design and thought, divine planning with it. Judah is significant. Genesis and chapter 29, it's significant because Judah is the voice of praise. And we get that from Genesis 29 and verse 35. And she, that is uh, Leah, the wife of Jacob, conceived again and bore a son and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah, which means praise. Praise. We're going to look at a PowerPoint. Uh, just, I, I just want to use this illustration Right, diagrammatic, folks. No great artistic skilling. But I'm just going to sort of just run through this as to what I mean by this. So, here, uh, sorry, here, 
we have the outer court. So you've got to imagine that this, this is uh, the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and this is the outer court <coughs> that was pitched there, according, you know, you just got to read it, uh, read, you know, the Old Testament there in numbers and such to see the intricate design that went into this magnificent, beautiful place where God would meet with his people. And, uh, and so we have the outer court and then we have the tabernacle, or the tent, uh, and the tent is, is divided and this here would represent the veil that we were singing about this morning, the veil that has been rent. That veil isn't some flimsy curtain that you might put up you know, in your bathroom or, or your shower or anything. That veil was probably, uh, it was several, several fibres and it was probably about seven inches thick. You know, you know, praise God. A bit more about that in a moment. Here, <coughs> here we have uh, the entrance to the outer court. Here we have the holy place. This is, this is the most holy place. And here is the Ark of the Covenant, the place where God's glory resided. God's presence was there. Um, here we have the table with showbread or, or leavened bread upon. Here we have the menorah or the golden uh, lampstands. Here we have the altar uh, of incense. Uh, and then here we have, as I say, the entrance into the outer court. And as you come to the, through the entrance of the outer court, you come to uh, the altar. And beyond the altar, you have um, the basin or the laver, which is an area, uh, a, a great massive cauldron made of brass uh, that was for washing. Here we have um, Moses um, camped, Aaron and the priests. And God says, before them, before my presence is Judah. Judah, the house, the household of praise. I want to say, friends, when Jesus died, when Jesus died, the veil was torn apart. Hallelujah. Up until that time, up until that time, and just bear with me, people who have been church for many years, because not all of us have. So we all need to, to, to listen, and, and it doesn't hurt us to just reinforce what we, what we believe. But praise God, when Jesus died, friends, the veil was torn apart. Until that point in time, one man once a year in fear of his life, would enter that place. Thank God, friends, when the veil was torn, it was an entrance for every one of us. Every one of us. You, you, you this morning who may think you're undeserving, 
You this morning who may be saying to yourself right at this moment in time, well, you don't know what I've done, preacher. How can I enter the presence of God? I, want to, I just want to, want, want to show you something. This altar. This altar was where they brought the sacrifices, bulls and, 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 and goats and, and sheep. They brought them and they slew them there and... And God, God covered their sin. But when, I want to say when Jesus died, this wasn't, this, is, this wasn't the place of bulls and goats. This was where God sacrificed himself. This is where God gave Jesus for you this morning, for you, for me as undeserving as I've been, as undeserving as I am this morning, friends, God laid himself through his son upon the sacrifice. And through, through that, this that just washed, washed the exterior this morning, oh, it's good to feel clean. Good to feel clean. Not on the outside something that has taken place in our hearts and lives. We've been washed. And wonder of wonders, friends, we can go through and we're accepted. You, you are accepted this morning through the sacrifice that God made. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. We can have the lights if we would, please. The place of praise is before the presence of God. It's before the cloud of his presence. You see, always, always over that, that tent of meeting, there was a cloud, a cloud. And that showed that God was there. And when, when the children of Israel were to move, the cloud lifted. And when the cloud came down, they stopped, tra stopped their travelling. It was the cloud of his presence. It's the place of the altar. The place of sacrifice. The place that the price was paid for your sin and for mine. I want to see, secondly, from the place of praise, the power. The power of praise. God regards the praises of of his people very highly. We have to be careful, friends. We, we need to be careful when people are praising God that there isn't any critical spirit in any of us. Yeah. You know, there was an occasion, I'm mindful of the occasion when the ark was being brought back by David and David was so thrilled to know the presence of God was coming back. You should never take it lightly. And, and he, just, he just, just lost himself. Like the hymn writer said, he was just lost in wonder and love and praise. And, and, and David was just cumbered down by, you know, a lot of heavy outer clothing. And so he took the outer clothing off. He did not, he did not, friends, um, strip down completely. He, he, he took off his outer clothing to his, his, his undergarments and he just, 
abandoned himself to God. He just danced before the Lord. And his wife, called Michael, she looked out upon it uh, and, you know, she, she resented what he was doing. She actually uh, said, you know, what do you think you're doing? You know, you've really looked great in front of the people. Friends, don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed to celebrate Jesus. Don't be embarrassed to praise him. Don't be embarrassed to enter into worship. Let me tell you this, that if we feel as a leadership that you've stepped overboard, we'll tell you. We, in love, we will tell you. Because things have to be done. The scripture tells us things are done decently and in order. But don't be embarrassed to praise God. And, and into that, friends, into the praises of God, um, then God himself, God himself uh, came. Um, let's turn, please, if we will, to Numbers chapter 10. This is the significance of praise and of the children of Judah. Now we've established that the children of Judah are the people of praise. Numbers 10 verse 14 says this, uh, God is commanding the standard of the camp of the children of Judah set out first according to their armies. They set out first. Praise, the, 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 the power of praise is so significant that God sends the, those who are going to praise first. He sends them first. And then if we turn please to uh, 2 Chronicles and chapter 20. just want to just reveal something of the power of praise. Something this morning of the power of praise in our midst. Because Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, was under threat. And Chronicles tells us this. When he, that's Jehoshaphat, had consulted with the people... He appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Nathan read, didn't he, a bit earlier about, you know, sometimes God is angry, but for a short time. But friends, his mercy endures forever. Aren't we glad of that this morning? And that's something to praise him for. His mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. God said to Joshua, Look, Joshua, I want to tell you, you're not going to need to do anything. You're not going to need to do anything because I am going to fight for you. What I want you to do is to send the people out to praise, to praise, to worship, to recognize who I am. And I will do it. I will do it. This morning, friends, as we continue to praise and to worship, whatever may be coming against you this morning, Whatever opposition may be in your life, I want to tell you there comes a time and a place when we just can be still and know that he is God. That he is God. 
Let's read another example. 2 Chronicles, and chapter 5 and verse 13. Indeed, it came to pass, what is happening now, is this is the, this is the dedication um, of the temple. Right? Uh, Solomon, uh, Solomon had, uh, had finished the temple, and this is the dedication of that temple to God. Came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, exactly what they'd been instructed to say before, when they were to lead the people of Israel out. And they said, He is good, for His mercy endures forever. That the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. So the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house. Friends, I am only interested in one glory. It's his glory. And the cloud, the cloud, friends, there of his presence that settled upon the place of meeting in the wilderness, friends, God hasn't changed. And that cloud, that cloud that you can imagine, I can imagine, friends, the incredible volume of praise and noise the singers were singing, that the people were, were, were banging the drums. <laughs> yes. And, and, and they were playing the saxophones and the flute and they were playing the guitars. And, and friends, into that massive, glorious, wonderful arena of praise, suddenly the house is filled with the glory of the Lord. And you know what happened? They couldn't play anymore. And the people they booked for speakers, they couldn't speak anymore. And the singers, they couldn't sing anymore. Because they were just lost. The presence of God presence of God just came upon them friends. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Presence that you just friends just pause a minute here in God's house this morning. You can touch the presence of God. Hallelujah. Presence of God. It's, it comes with praise. And the power of praise friends this morning. It's not in the noise not in the performance it's not in our abilities and talent the power of praise is in the one we praise it's in the one we praise it's he who is I and lifted up Nathan quite rightly said this morning I've got it right written down here God doesn't need our praise friends you know I, I, this might be a shock to you God doesn't need our praise. Do you know before the throne there are countless numbers who are constantly praising the Lord. God doesn't need our praise. We need to praise him. We can't. We can't. Our, you know, praise in general exalts a man. Friends, we cannot exalt Jesus more than he is. 
God has given him a name that is above every other name. Listen to that. Listen to that this morning, brother and sister. God has given Jesus a name that is above every other name. Whatever name it is in your life this morning that demands you serve him, whatever name it is in your life this morning that brings sadness and bondage into your life, the name of Jesus Christ is higher than that name. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. When we begin to praise God, we focus on Him and not our circumstances because the power is in Him. Into our praise, God comes to dwell. Into our, us, you know, us, the voices of people that have messed up, fouled up, fallen, got up, fallen again, got up, failed a thousand times into the praises of the likes of you and me. God comes. God comes. That's what, that's what the scripture says in Psalm 22 and verse, th- verse 3. It says, the writer says, you are holy talking about God you are holy enthroned or dwelling in the praises of Israel in the praises of his people see our praises acknowledge who he is our praises our praises are bigger than the circumstance our praises acknowledge that God is above every every circumstances that may come uh, in our lives. There is a place in our praise when we find words are no longer sufficient. When actions are meaningless, we just know the stillness of his presence. The power of praise is in the fact that he has placed his name here. He has placed his name here. You know, going back, to the, going back to the building of the temple, um, when David, David first wanted to build the temple, but God said, no, you know, I, you can't do it, David. Uh, you know, you can't do it, but Solomon, Solomon, your son, he will do it. But when David and Solomon had looked at this and God was talking to them, God was saying, you, you want to build a place for me you want to build a place that can contain me I, David Solomon I want to tell you the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain me this is who we invite when we start to praise God the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain God friends I started to think about about the universe when I was preparing this the universe the universe spans a diameter wait for this of over 150 billion light years but it can't contain God God's bigger than it friends God's bigger than it you know what is amazing 
What is amazing is that God said to, God said to David, Solomon, he said, you, heaven of heavens can't contain me, but I will place my name here. Pla God placed his name in that temple. I want to tell you this morning, God has placed his name here. It's nothing about this building, friends. Beautiful building that it is. It's nothing about the building. What makes the difference is God has placed his name here. Yeah. Ew, the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain. God has placed his name here. I want to see the final point is this, the people who praise. The place, the power, and the people who praise. And I maybe just, you know, please just take this, you know, from someone who loves you, but you don't need to be an extrovert to praise God. You don't need to be an extrovert to praise God. You don't need to have any particular personality or trait. You don't need to be eloquent in word. You don't need to be educated. But what you need to know is that his mercy endures forever. Those whose spirit has been touched, those who, like a woman, a woman that everybody looked down on in Samaria, who had to go out uh, in, in the worst time of the day to, pick, to, to collect water for herself, people looked down on her. Uh, she had to go out because she was despised but you know, that woman came to know the, know the water of life. And Jesus said to that woman, those who worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. She was someone who was touched by his presence. Those who, like Judah, live in the knowledge of his presence. Those who, like David said in Psalm 40 um, and, and, and verse 2, this is what he said, this is David. He says, He brought me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Hallelujah. How many of us this morning, friends, realize we have been pulled from a horrible pit? We, friends, without Christ, we had sunk to the depth. But the love of God reached down and picked us up. And having picked us up and placed us upon a rock, he put a new song in our mouth. Praise, praise to our God. Hallelujah. Through Jesus, this morning, the veil has been torn apart. Nothing we could ever do will make us fit to enter the undeserved favour of God that was revealed by Jesus. This morning, whoever you are, whatever your circumstances, I want to encourage you to press on, to press forward, to worship him in spirit and in truth. As you worship, as you worship him, as you praise him, as that as that worship opens the gate of praise, that 
friends escalates into a place where nobody else is seen but Jesus. Nobody else is heard but Jesus. When we move into that place, he begins to work miracles. He begins to touch people's lives. Perhaps you, you need that this morning. There are people this morning who need the touch of God upon their lives. There are people with emotional situations and turmoil. And Jesus wants to heal you. He wants to bring healing into your circumstances, into your life. There are people who have come time and perhaps time again and, and it feels as though, you know, nothing has happened. And I want to tell you, keep coming because one day it will happen. There is healing in his presence. 